Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. However, wherever, whenever you're listening, this is the Root for Wisconsin show, episode 22, coming at you from the Meaning True Value and Riverwood Gallery Studio in De Pere, Wisconsin. I'm host and producer Eric Fisher. Joining me in studio, as always, Rams Thompson. How are you doing, buddy? Awesome. How are you guys doing tonight? Fantastic. And joining us via Zoom, what, like the third straight week, something like that? Justin Dahl. Justin, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Uh, just gearing up for some NASCAR Daytona 500 qualifying showing up later tonight. Very good. And I know that we have that on here in the studio. A couple pieces of business to address. First, got to touch base on doing our own business here. Here in studio, we have some new additions that I announced earlier on recording day. For We now have a TikTok channel that we're going to be uploading stuff on. and um, I don't know how the heck that's going to go, but we're going to try. And we also have an Instagram uh, that we are going to post some stuff on there too and kind of cross-post our TikToks there too. So if you're not on TikTok, but you are on Instagram, you are on Facebook... There'll be plenty of ways to check out our antics and some of our videos and stuff like that. So check that out. So that is Root4WI on TikTok and root for wisconsin on Instagram. And as always, head to our Facebook to check out those channels. Uh, website still under development and still in progress of being developed. So keep your eye out for that down the road as well. Also, we have the... Well, I have the Polar Plunge. Uh, and... Just a, over a week and a half. Still time to donate for that if you're willing and able to. Uh, got some monster donations. So got a shout out to Kelly Kane, Jody Fisher, Shauna Hallbach, and Julie Minier and Aaron Crocker. Uh, especially Julie Minier because she donated twice by accident. On accident. But by all, all right, she was all for it. She was all for it. And uh, we may have an addition to the team. We're still working on details of that yet. It's not official, but... Uh, for sure, Sean Klosterman and I will be jumping uh, on the February 26th, so still plenty of time to donate there if you are able to, and willing to if you are able to. Also got to talk our partners, Raise Energy, new flavor coming out, repsports.com, code ROOT4, R-O-O-T, number four, and new flavor coming out is going to be Prickly Pear. Ooh, very fancy. So limited edition flavor, be sure to get yours. I believe it comes out Friday the 18th, so repsports.com. Cold Root 4, get your free, uh, basically your free shipping because it'll be 15% off your order. So check that out there. Uh, also plenty of new apparel coming in for them. Um, their sleep supplements as always, their whole lifestyle brand. So repsports.com, Code Root 4. And then our friends over at Monkey Knife Fight. As always, plenty of stuff, contests to play all year round. Whether you're big into the Super Bowl and you played some contests like we did and got all our money back good on us or maybe you're looking for some some way to participate in nascar season daytona 500 coming up this weekend as justin had referred to so plenty of ways to play along there and as always basketball contest e-gaming contest you name it it's out there and that is monkeyknifefight.com anything to add before we get into the episode boys no nothing Uh, you covered it you nailed it that's a lot of talking back to that. You got it. Um, also on our TikTok, I don't think we're gonna go the Jackson Mahomes route doing the quote unquote trendy dances, but I don't. I know Ramsey's up for anything when you get a couple beers on him, so we'll find it. Maybe you'll see some Ramsey dancing there too. I don't. I don't think that's the route we're gonna go. We're gonna have some behind the scenes content, um, plenty of other stuff going on, but maybe you'll see some Ramsey dancing. Well, we don't know yet. You have to subscribe to my OnlyFans for that. 
Oh boy. Only Ram Five. Jesus. Yeah, that's only Ram Five. That just happened. <laughs> On that note, might as Edit. well. No, no, we'll, we'll keep that there. Wait, you're gonna promote all your stuff. How can I pro- promote mine? Because it's our stuff. It's not your stuff. It's our stuff. Well, I mean, you guys can subscribe. So that that happened. That conversation happened. I mean, I guess do with that what you will. Uh, with that, we get into uh, what we had rooted for over the last week. Uh, talking about the positives, and that is sponsored by Fanatics, over 300-plus powered stores. Get your Rams Super Bowl gear there. Get your NASCAR gear there. Packers, Brewers, Bucks, Badgers. You name it, it's there. Fanatics.com, hashtag love on. And Ramsey, you're starting off this week. What did you root for? This is audio means you can't just a shrug. Yeah, I don't know. Well, why don't, I'll, I'll give you. A, I'll may I? You? Yeah, you may. This is on behalf of Ramsey. Ramsey, there is a new full-time driver in the truck series now. There is. That you posted about on our Facebook page. You're welcome. I was no. gonna let you have that one. Though that that was all you. You I, sent I it to me. I was upset because I'm like. I saw it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to give this to Eric before he sends it to me. Because you always send me stuff like right as I see it. And then I tried to tag you and I couldn't tag you. I'm like, why is it not let me do that? And you already had me tag and I'm like, I don't, is that how that works on Facebook? I don't know. It, it wouldn't let me tag you in it, could, but I don't know. So I guess what we're ultimately dancing around alluding to, um, Ramsey's favorite celebrity, the only one that he's ever actually won Gaga for and, and got starstruck by. Uh, Ty Majeski is now a full-time truck driver for Thor Sports or Thor Motorsports, driving the '66 truck, yeah. which um, is uh, that's kind of the Hendrick Motorsports of the truck series. They've been that's arguably the best truck program in that series right now. So he will be joining. Are they Chevy or are they Toyota? They're Toyota. I, I believe they just switched to Toyota. They were Toyota last year too. That's right, because they switched right right before the season last year. So he will be teammates with it Matt Crafton's on his team. Yep, Matt Crafton. Um, they, what, they have the 99. I'm not sure who's in that truck this year. Uh, Rhodes is on that team. So plenty of plenty of big names on that team. He will be sponsored by primary sponsor Cincinnati Incorporated, driving the 66 Toyota Tundra TRD Pro. Which, you know, this deal makes sense now because he switched from Ford to... Toyota for his late model last year and everyone kind of looked at that like why did he do that but this all kind of it all makes sense now. and you know one other thing that was kind of that kind of got lost in the shuffle of the whole thing was um, he was a part-time driver for them last year raced in a handful of races down the, the end of the season stretch and signed a deal in the off season to remain with them the caveat was that he stated, I'm still a driver. Like they wanted, cause he has an engineering degree as well. Um, and he wanted to be very clear that he was about pursuing his NASCAR career and, and still being a driver. And uh, Thor Sport said, okay, by all means, they uh, re-upped him and they were going to have him as a part-time driver until just under a week ago. And Cincinnati Incorporated will be uh, sponsoring the full-time driver, Ty Majeski, as he chases a 2022 championship. Good root for Ramsey. Good root for. That's awesome. Justin, you're up. So I'm going to go in a totally different direction. Well, I do think the Ty Majeski thing is awesome. Um, 
And Ramsey was about as quiet as he was when he got to meet Tiger Justy <laughs> in his root four. <laughs> um, my my root four was, and I'm gonna you know I'm I'm gonna go back to the old man of the, of the show here, guys. But that halftime show of the Super Bowl for me was phenomenal. Me and my wife were living up our glory days back in high school when all this stuff was going on. You played it on the phonograph. Uh, yeah, it was awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, so that was, we really jammed out at halftime of the uh, Super Bowl, and it, it was probably the best one I've seen um, in a in a long time, to be honest with you. Yeah, I was a big fan of it too. I know it. This is the first halftime show in a while that seemed too quick. And I don't know yeah. if it actually was, you know, if it was just because it was that good where you knew every song and you were into it, or if it just was maybe a little shorter for whatever reason. But yeah, I was into it. I, I know. could have did without Kendrick Lamar but the and, and Mary J, but the rest of it was, I mean, Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre were awesome. I got to say, I think my other, I think my favorite part of the halftime show, besides the obvious, you know, the performance was incredible. But the part that probably goes very slept on and it's just the funniest part to me is Evan McPherson, who, you know, usually kickers aren't in the locker room very long. He basically said, fuck mm -hmm. it. I'm going to go hang out and, and watch this concert. I mean, what else is he supposed to do? He's not just going to sit in the locker room, but he's out there. Basically, yeah. it looks like he has any, you know, because he's a kicker, doesn't have any shoulder pads on, basically. Just sitting there jamming out. Stay loose. I was a big fan of that for just him, stay too. stay loose, man. I mean, if you're a kicker, though, what else you're supposed to do? That's right. That's what I'm saying. I know. Good on him for that, and good on him for getting to enjoy the halftime show. I bet you he's the only player, maybe Matt Gay and Hecker for the Rams. Maybe. All right. Which that was it. That was my route for. That was pretty good. I was going to say that leads me to my route for. And, you know, I know we're going to talk more about the Super Bowl. We've got a pretty good game overall. Um, but I'm going to go with someone, you know, I know I've talked quite, you know, quite a lot about this, but while we're kind of talking about homecomings, Kiefer Sykes getting to play against the Bucks last night, um, and making his kind of return to the state of Wisconsin and his pro basketball career, um, playing against the Bucks. He did have two courtside guests with him or at, on his, or three, I should say three, um, Aaron and Cordero Barkley, power couple of Green Bay basketball. And quite frankly, Green Bay business at this point. I mean, Cordero's everywhere. Incredible leader for the city of Green Bay and, and the community as a whole. But uh, and then his wife, Erin, who also uh, was really big in the coaching ranks and um, pretty forward in that regard, too. And then also uh, an alum or an alma mater sharer of Cordero's at Racine St. Katz, Kamari McGee, who is the freshman point guard, multiple time Horizon player or Horizon League player of the week as well. Um, kind of playing that same undersized point guard role that Kiefer played um, in his time at Green Bay. So just a lot of Green Bay guard play uh, at the Fiserv Forum last night, too, and that was pretty cool to see. I listened to his interview with Marcus Eversall, and, you know, he is a very – he's a very good speaker. Um and I, I love the way he was uh, genuine in his love for Green Bay, uh, his love for for uh, the state of Wisconsin, and his his genuine 
excitement for playing in Milwaukee and playing against Giannis. Uh, I thought it was a great interview. I knew you were going to go with this one, Eric, so I didn't take it. And I honestly, I don't. I don't know how he did last night. So Phillison, I did believe he, do? he came off the bench. Um, was one of the leading minute getters. Uh, he did finish with ten points um, for only second, I believe, on the team to Buddy Hield, who went off for thirty six, which very much gets slept on because of Giannis's fifty burger last night. But uh, just kind yeah. of you know, kind of getting in the mix and playing um, alongside the Pacers, and uh, also making his hometown debut, I guess, or return to. Uh, the state of Wisconsin was Oshkosh native, and uh, trade partner from last week was Tyrese Halliburton, who is an Oshkosh, Oshkosh native. Ford. So yeah. uh, kind of a cool couple homecomings last night for the Pacers against the Bucks, and then just a you know, good Bucks win, too. So really kind of checking off all boxes. But, yeah, Kiefer was 4 of 12 from the floor, 2 of 6 from Brown, 3, had 5 assists and 10 points. Isn't that crazy that that trade was only a week ago? Like, that seems like it was so much longer. It really does. I mean, but I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit later in the episode, but some pretty big trades happened last week, too. So, kind of see easy how to see how that gets slept on. But I don't know. The Super Bowl weeks are always weird yeah, because it always sure. seems like it's like a week of itself. Like, yeah. The NBA or the NFL <laughs> just takes such a command of the stage and everything kind of gets swept under the rug except the one trade, maybe. Right. So with that, we go from positives to the negatives. And time to get some Tyler Hero Nugget of the Week awards here. And Rams, you got one readily available? I went to you first for the... I mean, I have some low-hanging fruit, if that's... Uh, well, let's I'm get still it. a little frustrated about it. Well, let's go with it. What do you got? I'll take the low-hanging fruit. I, the officiating in the Super Bowl was really bad. And especially... And I know everyone's talking about the the defensive holding and the pass interference for against the Cincinnati Bengals, which is fine. Like, but we can't. A lot of that stuff hasn't wasn't called the entire game, and then you decide to start calling it with a minute thirty left or two minutes left. Like that just, I don't like that. You go fifty minutes of fifty eight minutes of uh, calling a game one way, then the last two minutes gets. Extremely ticky tacky. Now I'm, I'm. This was actually gonna be my nugget of the week too, so I'm glad you went with it. But yeah, just really ticky tacky, and you know, to I, I get that they have to, because you can even point to the the T Higgins touchdown against Jalen Ramsey. He definitely got out, away with. Right. Let's call it a push off. I mean, it was it was a face mask too. Either way, it's a penalty on the offense, and that's touchdown coming back. But definitely was something on that side of things that shouldn't have happened. But they let him play the entire game, though. That was the thing. The entire game was a lot of bumping downfield, a lot of bumping into each other, a lot of... And then and with the last two minutes left, you decide to get really... Uh, tight. Tight with it. I just don't... I don't like that look, I guess. Do you have any others? Not off the top of my head. So I'm going to go... I'm going to kind of just go on with that. So I'm, I'm not saying that this is the... You know, that this was the... Um, officials fault or you know whatever, because I mean that that's a huge part of what we just talked about. But the other thing that kind of bugged me, and maybe it's just because they cut away from it so quick. So first of all, I guess just kind of sticking with the Super Bowl, I I get why contractually speaking you have to cut to the Olympics basically right after the game for TV money and all that stuff. But what the hell are you doing? Yeah, I like I, I get it from a TV 
perspective mm -hmm. because you know that's where the money is you're going to try to keep that same audience and then you're going to have the freaking mono bobsled well why wouldn't you put like sean white's half pipe there you know what i mean like if that's what you were going to do yeah i don't i don't know but so that was that was part of it and also i mean and again like i said this is probably this is kind of where i was going with this did it seem like anybody outside of Andrew Whitworth was actually having fun celebrating in the immediate aftermath of the game? It was weird, wasn't it? We talked about that at the Super Bowl it, party. It was just... It was... I know that there's a lot of motion coming off a game like that. And and like I said, there's a lot of stuff they probably didn't show us that'll probably show up on NFL films later. You know, the picture of Cooper Cup, like, on you know, bent over on all fours, just crying after the game, which is awesome. You know, good for him. Um, but, like, in the immediate aftermath of what you show on TV... And because you cut away from it so quick. It just looked it weird. It looked so weird. And especially when you have people talking about the officiating, which was trending on Twitter. And then you cut to that where Andrew Whitworth is like the only one smiling, basically. Anything above a smile, I guess. And that, I don't know. It just, it seemed off to me. So a little bit of a noogie, I guess, on NBC's side of things, too. Justin? Yeah, yeah I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't. the The celebration part of it. You're, you're absolutely right. It seemed dull. Um, too much of Aaron Donald making one play, really, to to focusing on. There were, you know, the product was they focused on three players really that won the Rams, the the Super Bowl, and that was that was Donald. Um, Stafford and Cup, right? L like nobody else was was a factor in it. Uh, I didn't like that. And you're right, how short short it was to cut right to whatever they played afterwards. It was easy to turn turn it off and and move on with my night and uh, watch yeah, the, it the mono bob sled, the new the new event of the Olympics, the mono bob. I'm going to tell you one thing. I have not watched one lick of the Olympics so far. I have watched. I watched no, last week's halfpipe because I wanted to watch. I'm a big Sean White fan. So I watched. I watched Sean White last week. I think I technically had it on for, what, 10 minutes last week when we got done recording. And I didn't even pay attention to it. Um, I had it on in the background on Saturday night and it was on in the background Sunday after the game. I have not. I could not tell you. Who has won an event to this point? Like I know, I know that the U.S. women's hockey team is playing for gold tonight. I cannot say that I'll be watching, but right. I know it's happening, and that's about the extent of my Olympics coverage. Does anybody care about the Winter Olympics, though? People barely care about the Summer Olympics. I would say usually to this point in my life, and I my, like the Summer Olympics. You and, you like, but I mean, it's not like it's. Uh, I'm and, tuning in to watch something. If it's on, I'll turn it on. In my 25 years of life, I have actually I've enjoyed this, the Winter Olympics as a whole, but this the last two I have not been into that much, and especially this one. Like I, it's because you're getting old. It could be, but I have I've had no really rooting interest in in turning it on and. You know, I'm, I'm. I guess I'm happy for the U.S. men's curling team because they're just an internet sensation. I don't know if they're winning or not, but a couple of people from Wisconsin are pretty cool on there. And the dude who looks like he just chugs Bush Light at every time, where he's got the long hair and the tattoos. Like I'm sure he's. That's like Ramsey if he was into curling. I'm into curling. 
I want to do the mono bob. Someone, someone fund my mono bob team, and I'll go to the Olympics. It's thirty thousand dollars to buy a, a bobsled. So I guarantee I'm faster than some of those people that were on. You can make one. That's oh, what I we can, said we were talking about that. That's I the can, extent of watching the Olympics. I can make one. It's just that Mel won't let me build carbon fiber in the garage. She said there's too many toxic chemicals involved. I'm like, I know how to do it though. <laughs> That's didn't they make a show like that except for Breaking Bad? You're, that was making like, math. <laughs> yeah, but that you're starting, you're starting. You are kind small, of going on a Breaking going Bad type path with that if that's the route you're going to go. Well, it's an epoxy yeah. that blends in with the carbon fiber itself to hold it all together. No, right, but that's and what it's we're, just very uh, toxic. That's how that starts. Is you you start with with building something in the garage. It's resin. And then next thing you know, you're bald. Shooting it's people down, place. going against your wife's orders to try to make money and have fun. It's where it all goes downhill, Ramsey. You're like I said, you're very much on a breaking back path. It's like now. the ice fishing the hookers thing. Yeah, did you see that, Justin? Yes, I did. That guy that gets was, a nuggie too. Ice I, fishing's I'm, gonna lead to a yeah prostitution. That's a good one. That Ramsey, was in Ohio. Ramsey building a bobsled's gonna turn him to be a multi-million-dollar drug dealer. Yeah, you go. From... I'm surprised that Ramsey Ramsey has not filled in the blanks to where he could open a prostitution ring on the ice right now. Yeah, I mean it's, it's such I'm a short. You have not come up with this idea. It's such a short jump, though. It's like you go from one year you're ice fishing, the next year you're you're you want to go ice fishing more, so you put up a shanty temporarily, then you leave it on the ice for a while, and what happens next? Prostitution. What a freaking fool. Honest to God, that was. Um, I'm I'm glad we don't live in Ohio. I'm glad we don't live in Ohio for a number of reasons, but that's that might be the newest one. I love the Ohio hate. People just hate Ohio in general. They do, and we really shouldn't, because a lot of our listener base is in Ohio. So shout out to our Ohio, oh, our Ohio listeners. But we're fighting for your guys' ice shanties. Don't worry. We are. That's on us. We'll we'll put you on our back on that one. Oh wait, I O. Yeah, shout out, shout out Ohio, but also what a Ohio nugget to that guy. Ohio was stupid. Ohio was stupid. So Justin, before we uh, right. before we get too much further in the episode, I gotta ask because you uh, we you finished off the episode with this last week as to your Valentine's plans where you hadn't really prepared anything. What did you end up doing for Valentine's Day with the misses? Uh, well, it, it... I took off half the day. Ooh. Um, mm hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, you guys know what I'm saying, right? You know what I'm saying? You watch the kids all day, and this is what I did. You went to bed by 9 30. <laughs> so I slipped on off to the old store, and my wife loves to garden, right? Um, and I think one of her. Uh, it's going to be one of our favorite pastimes to do with um, all of our kids this summer that they'll be able to um, actually participate. My wife, we've built my wife a, a nice big garden to do it, but she's been pregnant the last two years to where she hasn't been able to uh, facilitate it very 
very uh, well or well enough to her liking. So this year will be the actual first year that she gets to partake in it. So I bought her some stuff uh, down at the old tractor supply there in Ocano. And she's got uh, stuff that some seeds that she can uh, plant early here and wait for spring to come and, and she'll be ready to rock and roll right away. Um, so I, I got her some of that stuff. It was a good amount. Of, I'm just saying it was a good amount of, of what I did there guys. So, um, she loved it. And then, uh, the kids got her a sack of flowers in a, in a cart. Nice. What'd she get? What did she do what? anything very special for you? Uh, she bought me a Wrangler vest, which was awesome. <laughs> it's like a Carhartt vest. <laughs> I'm, I can only picture like a denim. I'm, I, I'm only picturing a denim vest. I pictured this vest of Stone Cold Steve Austin. But in leather. Denim? Yeah. No, leather. I'm, I'm, I'm picturing it says, it says Justin 316 on it. I'm That's totally the best I've ever I'm picturing like a blue jeans Coach. denim, Coach Canadian tuxedo, the Canadian tuxedo. That's what I'm picturing Justin right now. That is a picture and a half. <laughs> Ramsey, how'd your Valentine's Day go? Yeah, pretty quiet. We just hung around the house, made dinner, watched okay. Jackass 3D. Nice, nice, nice. We went to sushi at Island Sushi, or not Island Sushi, uh, Sushi Lover in Green Bay. I can't get in the sushi bandwagon. Really? Can't get on it. No so, way. So no free ads here, but Sushi nope. Lover, one of the best parts about it. So um, they, so first of all, you have to get there super early. So we got there, they open it like for dinner, I think at like 4, 4.30, something like that. We got there at like 5 and we had like an hour and a half, or we had like an hour wait. So popped across the street to Town Brewing, had a, had a beer, played some pinball. Had a good night there. Got the phone call to head back over, just right across the street. And uh, all you can eat, you get like you can get hibachi steak, chicken fried rice, the noodles. Um, you know, if you're into sushi, which I am, go for the sushi. Um, dessert, they got all the options. The only thing you really pay for, in addition to um, the all you can eat, is if you if you get drinks, and that's really about it. But all you can eat sushi, hibachi steak, hibachi chicken, chicken fried rice, the works. It's all there. Crab Ragoons. Definitely worth checking out. A little Sight and Sea Green Bay. Yeah, so good. Are you guys... Sushi? Yeah, it's good I'm, stuff. I'm with Ramsey. I can't get on the sushi bandwagon. There's something about raw fish that... It's know. not all raw, though, Justin. That's I, the I've thing. I've tried to get on the sushi bandwagon, and it's just not my thing. Which is fine. Not everything's for me. It all should be for me, but like sometimes it's not. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's just it's not so all. So I got a question. It's not all raw fish, so that's the problem. I think it's a very misco okay. misconception. This is about the longest sushi conversation we should ever have on this show. So, but I got a side question: Are you guys watching qualifying right now? Yes. Yeah. Do these cars not seem slow? They are. They're only doing 170. 76. 176. That's terrible. Yeah. Well, in, in the car's defense, I mean, 
we're watching the very early stages of qualifying here. It's not like we're seeing any prize winners so far. I mean, Kurt Busch is probably the best of the five that have been here, and he's racing in new equipment. But we're talking, though, these cars aren't, they're still. run the Xfinity Championship. We're still running sub 180. No, I that's understand slow. That. I mean, and these cars are big too. That's what. Uh, if you look at those cars they're in the track, ugly. they're wide, and look at them crab walk down the front stretch too. Yeah. Sorry for our uh, listeners. We are. It's a live reaction. Live reaction. Have. Watching qualifying. And we are three adults who should not have any business being adults. So that's that's how that goes, but. Uh, Justin, so I guess that really covers us on, you know, Noogie's positives. Uh, Justin, how about you lead us off with the Badger Report? Oh, what happened with the Badger? Well, not, well, they won a big one last night. Johnny Davis with a hell of another game. He had 30 points and 12 rebounds. Um, there's a lot of speculation that, uh, Johnny Davis could not only be, the Big Ten Player of the Year, but the National Player of the Year. Um, outside of that, lost a bad one uh, to Rutgers on Saturday. A, they lost a bad one to Rutgers. Yeah, I didn't get to watch that. I was um, busy on Saturday, so uh, it was terrible news to find out via the cell phone when I had a free moment. Um, other than that, boys, it's just basketball right now. That's that's taken over the Badger land. There's not. Uh, I think Bobby Ingram's contract finally came out that he is going to make half a million dollars a year on a two-year contract that is probably going to be um, a, like a yearly renewal. So if they finish so high or wherever. And other than that, there's not a lot of talk uh, going on outside of basketball. And March Madness gearing up uh, with the Badgers. So, Justin, I know we were just talking about the qualifying and not to cut you off on the Badger report. However, last year, the cars were running mid-40s, like a 46. These cars right now are running over 50 seconds. So they've, they've added four seconds a lap to these cars. Yeah. They're running qualifying last it year. It looks like they're... Well, the just a- looks methodical. Your average speed was plus one ninety, and these are not even hitting one eighty. So, you know, you're talking eleven miles an hour and four seconds a lap. These cars are considerably slower, like considerably. Like that's a that's an eternity. Right. Although, if you do look at the that's, times right uh, now. I'd- you have everyone split up by seven tenths of a second. So eight people have qualified so far split between seven tenths, which means that what the car is designed to do was to be a little more um, standardized across the way, basically make them trans am cars. But that's kind of what they've done. Yeah, even. So these cars so far, we're, we're going to go through 10 people here and they're all going to be split by less than seven tenths of a second. So that it is doing what NASCAR wants it to happen, but it does look really slow. Ugly, 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 ugly. Anyways, that was the Badger report. 
It's a Badger slash Daytona 500 report, Eric. <laughs> Good stuff, boys. Uh, so I I guess I'm going to start with a little bit of a Bucks, because we actually have some Bucks stuff to talk about. Uh, Bucks are in action as we speak. Uh, they are... No, they are off tonight. My apologies. They are playing tomorrow night at home against the New Look 76ers, uh, which we'll talk about here in just a few seconds. Uh, Bucks have been playing some better basketball as of late. They are now at the three seed, or would be the three seed in the East, if the season were to end today. Uh, three teams within their own division right now in that Central Division, all within about a game of each other. Uh, so good stuff there if you're you know if you're into the the division races but bucks the three seed at 36 and 23 uh we had the nba trade deadline last week which we talked about pretty much you know pretty heavily on the show the bucks have made a trade and i want to get your guys' reaction on on the trade itself cuz i really didn't love it from the bucks perspective uh but ends up being like a four team trade the key pieces for the bucks perspective uh, you get rid of Dante DiVincenzo, and you acquire Serge Ibaka and two second-round picks, I think, plus cash. Which, up until last week, I forgot Serge Ibaka was still in the league. So, we we talked about last week. I didn't really expect DiVincenzo to get moved, right? But for Serge Ibaka, it makes the Bucks bigger, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because it shows yeah. that's what made that's what got into the title last year was that they were just bigger than Phoenix was. And now with the Harden move to Philadelphia, Philadelphia is a big team. Like people don't realize Harden's a big dude. Like Harden's not a small guard. And then you have to deal with obviously Joel Embiid and um Tobias Harris. So Serge Ibaka just brings size and defense, which is based on Milwaukee all is anyways. So it's just basically an arms race now between Philadelphia and Milwaukee to see who can win the East. Yeah, I mean, on the surface, not a terrible trade. I mean, um, you're pretty deep at guard the guard position, especially, I mean, that really says how much they like Grayson Allen at that, that two-guard role. Uh, and really the kind of the prowess that Jordan Rao was made at that two-guard role. Uh, Serge Ibaka on the season is averaging 6.7 points per game, 4.4 boards, and an assist. Wasn't DiVincenzo coming from his contract, though? I believe he was. And I that think was... that was kind of the the reason he had ultimately ends up getting moved. I believe he was in a contract year. And with where the Bucks are, I'd have to assume he'd, be, he'd probably be a good loss. Like he's going to get more money than what the Bucks are going to be able to find right now right yeah. so in that regards i get it um like i said i believe he was coming up on let me take a look here so he technically would be under contract he's eligible for extension this year he'd be able to receive a qualifying offer next year and then in the 2023 season he'd technically be a restricted free agent too so he had his club option exercise this year. So he technically could have been a free agent at any point coming up. But what is the jump? Yeah, his contract's got to jump up, though. It went from $3 million last year as a base uh, to 4.6 this year. The qualifying offer for next year would be 
and someone will give that to him. That's with a fourteen. Be and, the reason. and here's the problem with it too: has got to be. It has a fourteen million dollar cap hit. Yeah, it's a hold of fourteen million dollars. Yeah, Ibaka's got to be an expiring contract. I will look that up as we speak, but I believe that's also um, correct. That's what. That's the only reason. That's got to be the only reason you make that trade. So per spot track again, um, which good on them for keeping track a lot right. better than this. Um, yeah, spot track has really slow connection here too. So that's there is that. Um, here yeah, he so he would be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. Yeah, and makes those two second round picks all the all the more important as they try to fill out the rest of the roster because that. They kind of, they kind of did a bad job at that this year. Even with uh, getting, they traded the kid that they drafted from. Uh, what is his name? Merrill, Sam Merrill. Yeah, he was traded in the off season. That that guy had a little bit of promise. He was, uh, he was like the Mountain West all time leading three point shooter or something like that. So they need to do a better job with that. And a, and a team that's got three big contracts like they do um, in, in, you know, not very good contracts with guys like um, Pat Connington and and Brooke Lopez or Robin. It's Brooke, right? Brooke, or right. Lopez. Those are, yeah, those are bad contracts that they're just kind of forced to suck up right now because nobody's going to bail them out. Um they need to do a better job at filling in the back end of of the team um, through the draft. And I also expect, for, for the what it's worth this so season, those... um, I expect them to be pretty heavy in the buyout market, too, when those start coming out. Um, I know that they're already being tied to Goran Dragic as a possible landing spot, to, with especially with uh, Constant out now uh, for four weeks and the DiVincenzo being traded. Um, Dragic, a prime buyout candidate. Um, a couple other guys that they that are projected that could be buyout guys. So, uh, Eric Bledsoe, who's been here. DJ Augustin, who's been here. Uh, Jeremy Lamb could be. Who's the guy from uh, the center from uh, Brooklyn? Benby or something like that? Benby... Yes. Um, MB Thomas? They were just rumored to be signing him. I believe they are agreeing to terms. I, I'd, I'd have to find out exactly what the... I know nothing about that guy. <laughs> I had never I've heard never of him until... Heard I, of that yeah. yeah I, apparently people are raving over this. Yeah, there's a, ha- a bunch of happy people that I, again, never had heard of. Um, but I guess good on him. So yeah, that was a trade that took pl- or a signing that I believe I don't believe it's actually official yet. I think they're still kind of technically in the works for it. Uh, but that is coming up here as well. Look at how strong this 16 car is. Holy cow! DeAndre Bemby. So is it DeAndre Bemby? Oh yeah. I've never heard of the dude. Where's he from? Look that up right College. now. College. 
Virginia. Think so? Is that your official prediction? Yeah. DeAndre Texas. Bemby. Texas. Texas Tech. Is that fat? He went to St. Joe. St. Joseph's. Where's that? New York? Rod Marinelli. Oh, no. That's Phil Martelli. You're just throwing around Sorry. words now, Rod Justin. A Pennsylvania, by the way. <laughs> Rod Marinelli's a football. So close. That's close. It's in Philadelphia and Lower Marion. There we go. Shout out, Kobe. Phil R. Martelli. The Fighting Martellis. He's not the coach there anymore, though, so. You want to know a famous alumni from St. Joe's? Come on, guys. Jameer Nelson. Delonte West. Heard of Delonte West. You've heard of Jameer Nelson, too. I know. He was on that. Uh, that was, that was the Magic best team. team ever. They play in the A10. It's a good conference. <laughs> sure. Maybe in 1912, when they were all there. None of those guys have been in the league now for, what, 10 years? They had Charlie Brown Jr. Uh, Jameer Nelson's still in the league? Is he really? I don't think Ooh. so. Jameer Nelson is Jameer not Nelson. in the league. He is serving as the assistant general manager for the Delaware Bluecoats of the G League. Yeah. He's in the league. That's in the league. Kinda. You didn't say play. It was assumed. What else would we have meant by that? Uh, this is why we can't have nice. He's things. in the league. I. <laughs> you know. Anyways, as I'm watching qualifying, I don't mind the number move forward as much as I thought I would. I don't like it, but I don't mind yes. it as much as I thought I was gonna hate it. It's not it's not so bad in when you're watching single car. I'd like to see it in pack. We'll How get hard there. it is to identify. We'll get there. You know what I mean? So with that, we go from the nonsense of basketball talk. We're gonna start talking some betting talk and just kinda of wrap up the Super Bowl betting talk. We'll talk about the Super Bowl here in just a few moments, but Ooh. Uh, j the overall standings I'm of our betting sure now. I had a bad week. You had a terrible week. Um, so going into the week, yeah, the standings read as such, and I'm getting them pulled up here as we, as we speak. But uh, coming into out. the week, coming into last week, I was at twelve and eleven. Justin was thirteen and ten. Ramsey was eight, eight and one. After this week. Of Super Bowl bets. Oh, bad. I am at 19 and 14. Justin's at 14 and 12. Or, excuse me. Uh, Justin's at 17 and 16. Ramsey's at 14, 12, and 1. So, all technically, we're positive still. Not the best week for Justin, though. It's a pretty good week for me and you. I, I was very happy with how my week went. Well, what? 17 and 16? I was there. So, I was 4 and 6. I wasn't, I wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I thought I was way worse than that. You know, I, I didn't even think I won a bet. We were talking about that pre-show. I'm pretty sure even at four and six, you probably still made money, depending on what your bets would have been. Yeah, like so, you're probably still bringing money home. All right. So just kind of recapping here, um, to kind of go line item by line item. Mayweather's car. 
we had the spread of the Rams favorite by four and a half. I won that one. You guys did not. I had, or you guys both took the Rams money line, so I lost there. Uh, we Rams and I took the under. Justin, you had the over, so that missed as well. That was an over under forty eight and a half. Yeah. Um, Rams and I both had heads. You had tails. It was heads. The national anthem did go over the minute forty. We all had picked under. Uh, the odds for the Super Bowl. Uh, so n technically neither one of you won. I did get Cooper Cup right. That was plus six hundred. So good on me. That would have been a nice little payday. Uh, the commercial to play first, Taco Bell versus QuickBooks. We all said Taco Bell. It was QuickBooks. Um, the jersey Jeez. that Drake wore, we all said Rams. We all got that right. Will Eminem wear a hoodie or a hat? The answer was yes. We all had yes. And then the color of the Gatorade. Here's where you guys would have made some money back, and this is especially you, Justin. Uh, you both had blue, which was correct for the Coach Splash. That was a that would have been plus three twenty five. I had right. I was trying to play the long odds at plus a thousand. It was also kind of going on the basis of the Bengals winning. I thought it would have been red, but Rams win. Blue Gatorade plus three twenty five for you guys. So again, not a bad week. So do we want to talk about the Super Bowl? I mean, I think we well let's do our our we'll do four picks for this week, and then we're going to then we'll get into it. So first, we're going to pick so up... So as we sit, you're in first place? As we sit, I am in, indeed in first place. That's correct. That's terrible. On percentage terrible or... world we live in. Either way, I think I still have it because you're, right. you're only two games over right now. With five less played, though. True. Um, so with that, we'll do Thursday night's Bucks 76ers game because that does have a line on it. Uh, the Bucks are a six-point favorite against the 76ers at home. Uh, give me the Bucks. I'm also gonna go Bucks. Mm. It's gonna be hard because Harden's gonna be there and he's gonna have to show off his new his new digs. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Sixers. All right. Uh, we'll do the Sunday. We'll do the rest. I get six though, right? Where's that six. money line? You get six because we have odds, so we're gonna go. We're oh, gonna go shit. odds. Yeah, give me, give me the Sixers. This one will be a money line, so straight up pick them. Uh, Michigan versus Wisconsin on Sunday at noon. That game on CBS, by the way. I always gotta love how CBS presents uh, basketball games for college. Um, Badgers Michigan. hosting Apple. Michigan. Uh, I'm gonna go with Wisconsin. What's Michigan ranked? They're not. They're 13 and 10 on the air. They're not. Oh, give me the Badgers. This feels like a trap game. Sunday afternoon. Give me the Badgers. All right, good stuff. Uh, Purdue Fort Wayne coming to Green Bay. The Mastodon 16 and 10, Green Bay 4 and 21. Friday night. Give me the Mastodons. I'm also going Mastodons. They just played, right? Purdue, Fort Wayne, and Green Bay. Like last week. They played a couple weeks back. Yeah. Two weeks ago now. Yeah. Give me, give me Green Bay. All right. Good stuff. 
That's a straight pick'em? That's a straight pick'em. Those two were straight pick'ems. Okay. And then we're going to do the Daytona 500. Um, and I, do you guys want to do pick three for Daytona? Yes. We'll do draft style. But it has to be what plus? Well, we'll just pick three. And sure. the combined finish or the, the average finish of the three guys you pick um, will be... One point? One point. Or, well, no, we'll just do average finish. So all three of your drivers, whoever finishes the best of those averages. So if one guy gets one, or so we'll kind of go golf score. So it'll be like one for first place, two, second, et cetera. Sure. We should probably draft, though. That's what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it's fair because Justin is losing, technically. We'll do it NFL style. So he's basically the Detroit Lions, is what you're saying. Justin is indeed the Detroit Lions at this point. For this week. For this week. And we'll snake style. I'm going to take Denny Hamlin. All right, Justin, that is it. I mean, not that it matters, but that's 17 to 2 odds. I am going to take Kyle Bush. All right. I'm going to go Chase Elliott and Ryan Blaney. I'm going to go Joey Logano. Justin? Ooh, that was a good pick. That was a good pick. But it's not as good as Kyle Larson. And then and then my last one, I am going to go. I'm going to go on a limb because I'm I'm going to I'm I'm like that. All right? Uh, uh, it's a toss up for me because I'm going to go on a on a little outflyer here. Between two guys. It was between Justin Haley and Michael McDowell. And I'm going to leave you guys. I'm going to leave you guys the Daytona 500 winner from last year. Now I'm going to take Justin Haley. I will go with. I think the last person should be an outlier. I was looking at odds earlier. I pay, I saw one that I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. So for the record, Justin Haley is fifty to one per CBS Sports. Who's else is right in that area? Uh, McDowell is there. Uh, AJ Allmendinger is forty to one. Ross Chastain, Chris Buescher, Chase Briscoe, Michael McDowell, Justin Haley, uh, Daniel Suarez sixty to one, Eric Jones sixty to one, Daniel Hemrick sixty to one, Cole Custer, Harrison Burton, Corey LaJoy, Kaz Grala, Noah Gregson, TJ Dillon. What's uh, Ryan Blaney at? Ryan Blaney. I had Ryan Blaney already. Oh, did you? Oh, that's right. So, um, give me Kaz Grala. Stenos. Kaz Grala? Stenos. In the, in the pit viper machine. All right. He's probably not going to make this show. I probably, that's probably... <laughs> I, think I... He, I think he's ahead of some of those guys already. I'm going to go for my quote-unquote long shot here. I'm going to go A.J. Allmendinger. The Daytona Fire is always hard to bet. Just because I bet you there's an incident where out of the nine drivers we picked, four of them will be in the same rack. Probably. Like That's just the way the 500 is. <laughs> Seven of them. Yeah. So let's just recap so it's easy for Secretary Shauna. Probably all nine of them. Eric had 
Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, and AJ Allmendinger. Justin, you had Denny Hamlin. Denny, Larson, and Haley. And Ramsey, you had Kyle Busch, Logano, Logano, and Grala. All right, good stuff, boys. So with that, let's kind of let's go back to the Super Bowl for a second and kind of recap that and put kind of a bow on this NFL season. So as mentioned, Rams did win the game. Uh, was a little ugly at the end. Kind of say, you know, I don't think it mattered though. All things considered, the Rams were the better team. I think they on Joe Burrow's last twenty-two dropbacks, he got sacked seven times. Insane. Yeah. So I mean, Cincinnati went away from their game plan a little bit, but I would I would like to mention more, and this is what I noticed probably the most. Well, there's two things I noticed. The defensive line of the Rams is insane. Those guys, the second half, dominated that game completely. And the other one was how good Sean McVay is at drawing up plays. There's a couple times where Sean McVay rolls the offense to one side of the field and just sneaks a Cooper Cup out behind everyone else. Like it's just, it's always just baffles me in how good Sean McVay is. Because in my opinion, I don't think Stafford's all that great. I think he's. Uh, Save that point because I'm gonna we're gonna circle back to that in a couple minutes. Here. I, I know you're gonna go with that. I'm excited, but I don't think Stafford is. I think he's above the Dak Prescotts of the world, below the Justin Herberts of the world. So he's somewhere probably between eight and twelve best quarterback in the league, and he ha- he's always good for some. Just what are you doing plays? So, Which, to his defense, I mean, he really kind of only had one, and that was that touch or that interception in the end zone, which you can justify pretty easily. Yeah, third and fourteen about midfield. That's basically a punt. No, I, I understand. It's just, I just, I think Stafford's he's been getting a lot of praise this week, and they kind of won in spite of him, not because of him. I think you could have left Jared Goff there and had the same result with that team. Ooh, well. I, I, I do. I, think, I don't know about that. I don't think that game was all that close. I, I think the score was a lot closer than it was. And outside of the – Cincinnati was given what? one, obviously, right? They got given a touchdown. Outside of that, the only other touchdown they had was from a running back pass. I mean, I don't – I think the Rams were far and away the better team. Not saying I was pulling for Cincinnati. Like I want Cincinnati to win. I want to see um, Joe Burrow win a Super Bowl, but they just weren't as good as the Rams were. If Joe Burrow has a quarter of a second, or let's even say a full second more to, I'm assuming you saw that touchdown or that would have been to Jamar Chase on what ends up being the final play, right? Sure, but he still would have had to make that play. You don't think he does? Not with Aaron Donald there. No, I'm just saying if he has a second more, he's rolling to his right. We start getting what ifs, though. I mean, what if Matt Stafford doesn't throw two interceptions? I mean, what if the Rams run the ball better? What if this? What if that? As it sits, I don't think it was all that close on talent. Talent to talent, I think the Rams were far and away better. 
and like I said, outside I of a outside of a gifted touchdown, I don't really don't think. I I I don't think the Rams played overly well, and Cincinnati just couldn't get anything going in the second half, which is fine. Then that happens, but I think Cincinnati was. Cincinnati was the sixth seed in the tournament that gets up against number one. They were really good. They're really explosive. But when you go up against one of the big boys, you shrink a little bit. And you just don't have the guys. And I think Joe Burrow is an excellent quarterback. And if I've learned anything from that game, I think Joe Burrow is an insane quarterback. He has that seven times. And that came down to a fourth and one. Which I think, Eric, you were going to just mention yeah. the play calling on fourth The and play one. calling on those last two plays, I thought. I mean, I don't know if it's Zach Tyler just not being the guy or just kind of maybe shrinking in the biggest moment. First of all, third and one, you run to Samaj P. Ryan, which you have Joe Mixon on your team. Why are you not? You're going for a short yardage first down conversion. Mm-hmm. Like, Why are you yes. not running uh, Mixon there? Even if you do want to maybe sell the illusion that you're going to pass, I mean, Mixon's pretty decent out of the backfield, too. Yeah. I mean, you're not really gaining a whole, whole lot there, especially coming out of a timeout. Yep. Because I believe they called timeout prior to third and one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so you run that play. And then on fourth and one, I don't get the play call there either, quite frankly. I really don't get going shotgun when you need a yard to keep the game going. I don't necessarily mind the shotgun. I guess I would say more so the issue was your offensive line couldn't stop. And you spread the field. You didn't. I don't think they. I don't think they had a back chip either to help him pass pro. I and believe I, P Ryan was on the field still. He I was still in the field, but I'm saying I think yeah. he was spread out if I'm not mistaken, was, or if he was running a route. You had no help in pass pro. Dove for the ball. He came out in the flat. Right. Yeah. So I don't get that necessarily that play yeah. call on fourth and one either. Well, one thing I don't get to, and obviously you just alluded to it with the Jamar Chase running a fly, which I understand that you want to keep the defense honest on a fly, but when it's that point in the game in the Super Bowl, wouldn't you want your best player being within short and, short and down distance where you can have a quick pass, especially with how the pass rush was with the Rams? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's I, – I, we're all on the same page. I think that's just – there's some bad play calling by Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati just was – I think they got – well, I think they got all coached. And then I, that's kind of what I was alluding to earlier with the Sean McVay. You know, you watch a Sean McVay offense, and it's just like – it's so fluid. And they just – and really without the Odell injury too, I think that game – is a lot different if Odell doesn't go down in the first second quarter. Second quarter. Because he was off to, what, two catches, 52 yards, and a tutter. I mean, Odell stays healthy. He's probably your Super Bowl MVP. Well, that, and then you also had, I mean, he got sacked, what, 20 times, it felt like, in the game. But Joe, just the, I got to say, the grit. Of the guys playing, Joe Burrow playing through a sprained MCL, uh, Eric Weddle playing through a torn pec. Yeah, and you know, really, when you think about Joe Burrow, he was sacked seventy times last year, including the playoffs. Cincinnati, you need to get him help. I mean, and I get the Jamar Chase pick because Jamar Chase is this is boy. 
Well, and obviously probably a top 10 receiver in the league right now. He's probably around 10. Um, and I understand why you drafted him, but man, you probably... You need to hit either in the draft or free agency on probably three good linemen this year. Yeah, you need to find someone to help out Joe Burrow because he, he will not last if you keep letting him get hit as many times as he's getting hit. Justin, the, uh, oh, there he is. What? No, sorry. Um, I totally agree. <clears throat> I, I I agree with Ramsey that the Rams were undoubtedly the more talented team. I think the the play calling was questionable at the end. I I agree with you, Eric, that the that not having Mixon on the field uh, on the two most critical plays of your season in in the most important game of the year. Uh, are very questionable. Uh, the call, uh, I knew, like, it doesn't make sense to me why teams overthink this. Um, and this is, and you're talking about a Wisconsin Badger fan who, you know, loves a fullback dive in, in short yard situations and is almost never stopped in those situations. But I think the, the craziest part of all of it is did they think they were going to fool anybody who is did they think they were going to fool Aaron Donald by running at him why are you running with your backup running back at who is the best and probably the greatest defensive player of this decade why are you running at him with a backup running back I think it's that that's to me is the most astonishing part of the whole game. It kind of felt like the Bengals were doing just enough to hang around and, and then all of a sudden took the lead. And then, but you knew that McVay was going to draw some up and they were going to make a run and they were going to score. Whether it, I didn't agree with even what the announcers were saying, um, that they were going to go down there if if uh, if the Rams couldn't get into the end zone that they wouldn't have kicked a field goal with three timeouts left. I don't know. Like I that that's like that goes back to the Packers game last year, right? You have you have the timeouts. Do you kick the field goal, get there, and hope that you can get down in field goal range again to kick the game winner? That would that would have been an interesting dynamic to the whole situation too. But to me, the biggest part of the whole this whole topic is why are you running at Aaron Donald with a backup running back? Especially with a line who, again, can't stop us. Probably us three could probably find a way to get some <laughs> pressure on Joe Burrow. Right, right. Yeah, that's terrible. I, I didn't get that at all, and... You know, you, you kind of there's so many things you can point to in that game. Um, I think one thing that kind of gets slept on, looking back now, is no one. You know that Cincinnati gets that interception after the after the T Higgins long touchdown, and gets held to a field goal, and right. that's the last time they score, if I'm not mistaken, in the game, where seven points there instead of three. I mean, technically, yeah, it's a tie game in the grand scheme of things, but that is a huge swing 
for the Rams to kind of get that stop, get off the field again, yep. hold them to a field goal, and keep the game in contention. Because otherwise, that's a two-score game there. Well, I think what we just saw, and I, it just happens to be this way, is that the better team just had more guys. Right? I think that when you look at the Super Bowl, that's basically all it came down to, that arguably the best defensive player of our generation just had a big game. And then you have Von Miller, who yep. I believe also had two sacks. Just yep. The Rams were just built for taking advantage of a team with a weak offensive line. And that's just happened. That's just what it happened to be. That's who they matched up against. And I, honestly, that was probably the worst matchup for Cincinnati in the Super Bowl. Because I know Green Bay probably would have struggled against them a hell of a lot more than what they did against the Rams, right? If Green Bay made it instead of uh, the Rams, I think Cincinnati is a, has a better odds. It's just that was a bad matchup for Cincinnati. I don't know. I don't know. I get, I've never. I. I didn't think of it in that sense. I. I think Cincinnati. You know, Cincinnati's just a team that was on a hot run. To be, I think you're right. I, they were just on a hot run, and they had a hot quarterback that was making great decisions. Um, Zach Taylor was uh, just a hot play caller at the right time. Uh, that's really what I think it was. I don't think that they were that special of a team I'm, I don't know that if you could have picked even if it were the 49ers I don't I think that's that that was a bad matchup for him it, it might have been a little better because the 49ers were so banged up in the secondary but so I'll say this I know, mean uh, that to kinda, is still to kind of touch on your point there Justin I think there's a difference between a special team versus a talented team I think this year's Bengals team was a special team in the sense that they were just able to get it done when they had to. I mean, they had the roster that they believed in all year against anybody's expectations. But, yeah, they, were, they weren't they were as talented in most positions. I mean, shit, your number one cornerback basically is Eli Apple, who got run out of New yeah. York because he couldn't contend with the NFC East. Well, and we, I think we kind of talked about last week, too, was that um, the Bengals, I mean, at the end of the day, right, they're an eight-loss team. They lost eight times. I believe five of those games were three or, point, three or less points. So it's just a team that like, like, got hot. They had special players. They... Hit it at the right time. It's just that they ran a gas, man. That's what and it was. For what it's worth, they're they're still in the middle of a rebuild. They have like thirty eight million dollars in cap. They were probably the worst roster at the beginning of the season in that division. Yeah, top to bottom, probably the worst roster in the division. So I think they severely overachieved, and I think a lot of credit goes to people like Joe Burrow, who had an amazing season. I don't know. I would say the conversation that we were having earlier today was that what's more likely Cincinnati to be a AFC championship game team or miss the playoffs altogether. And I think I'm on team probably miss the playoffs altogether. 
So I think it's just the that's a that's deep tough, division. That's a tough question. And that's a talented because conference. That, that, no, that division's not as that division's not that good. Well, yeah, it is. You Pittsburgh, still got Baltimore. Pittsburgh will get someone better than Ben Roethlisberger in there, so they'll be better next year. Baltimore still Ooh. Garoppolo. Anyone better? Rudolph. They'll do something. Yeah, I, I agree with Ram. I'll give you that, Ramsey. I do think that they have to make some sort of move, especially with a weak draft class at quarterback. You can take a flyer the on Steelers, somebody for a the year. The Steelers feel like the AFC's, the AFC's uh, Washington Commanders team. That's what the Steelers. No, feel like. there's some offensive talent there. Najee Harris is a real dude. Say what you will about Claypool. Juju. Why? Might as well bring him back at this point. He'll take a team discount. No, he's he's gone. He's gonna take big money. No, he didn't get offered. He didn't get offered anything last year. I. It's just I don't. Pittsburgh will be better next year than they were this year. I firmly believe that. Regardless of. They might not win more games, but I believe they'll be a more complete roster. Big Ben was limited. They have the outside of TJ Watt. They have aging defensive linemen. They're not very good at corner. They have a terrible offensive line. I don't know that I agree with you on this one. I'm saying that they're going to be better. If Ben's not there, they're automatically better. They were winning in spite of Ben last year. Ben was a dumpster fire. I don't know if I'd quite go him dumpster fire level, but... He couldn't move. I do think... I think they have to hit the... Because they can take one of two strategies. They can either go back into contend, you know, go get a quarterback, whoever that be, whether they, whether they go... All in, maybe they try to get Russ. Maybe they try to get Kyler out of Arizona. Not that I think either one's really a particularly great fit in that offensive scheme. I think their quarterback, the guy that they should kind of chase for, and that they probably don't have to spend a whole lot on is probably Marcus Mariota. No, Garoppolo. Garoppolo's better. Mariota's a backup. He couldn't win See, in I Tennessee. I don't know that I agree with your comment either, Eric, because what, what was one of the best... The best things about Ben Roethlisberger was scrambling around within the pocket to extend plays. Like that was Ben Roethlisberger's game, right? What if you, like, if you have a quarterback that can run like a Kyler Murray or a Russell Wilson, and you add the dynamic that they can run down the field for yards? I don't know that I agree with what you're saying. That yeah, but they're both undersized for for. And I'm not being, you know, Mr. Height, uh, pretentious guy, you know, that they have to be 6'4", like Josh Allen, but I don't think either one of them has the build to be with a, like you said, a crappy offensive line at best, aging. I think a guy, I know, I think they're, I think ultimately the route that they take, you take a one-year flyer on a guy because the quarterback class isn't that great this year. You really don't have capital to move up in the draft either way anyway. I think a guy like Mariota makes a lot of sense there. You wouldn't go get Mariota, though, over Winston or Garoppolo. Either one of them, too. Any any three of them. I think that's the kind of tier quarterback you're looking at. You take a flyer on them. If they work out, great. 
I th- the thing with what Pittsburgh is is that I believe that offense was somewhat limited on Ben's athletic ability at the end. So this past two years, I think the offense has been tuned down because Ben didn't have the arm that he did four years ago. And that's fine. That's yes. just yes. So plus, I, I was just going to say that plus diminished arm strength. I think that there's a lot more talent on that offense, and that defense is a good defense. That team's not as bad and gloom and doom as I think everyone thinks it is. I think they're probably a quarterback and maybe a slight defensive line refresh away from being a really good team. But going back to our original point, though, Cleveland's going to be better next year. Baltimore is going to be better next year. I think Pittsburgh might not be... Pittsburgh might not be have, have more wins, but I think that they're going to have a better... I think they're going to be more competitive. I think they're be a little more dynamic than they were this year. So does Cincinnati even make the playoffs next year? So you think they're a playoff team? Cincinnati? I think they are, but I think... I think it's... I think... I honestly think that it, it really is... When you add the the one thing that you can't pay money for... And that's experience. When you add the experience of this offseason, um, and in fact, the stretch run of the back end of the season, um, to what this uh, young, growing, dynamic group um, is going to be, you got to remember that the, their defensive line is young. Their linebackers are young. They could they could use a little bit of a refresh in the back end, but. If you start getting an offensive line and you add that to what is T. Higgins, a second-year player, um, Jamar Chase, a rookie. Um, You've got a lot of money to spend, too. Let's, tight end, and let's you got a lot of too. money, but you got to pay. You know, when that happens, when you get the success that they have, you, you got to pay these guys, too. T, you know, T. Higgins wasn't a first-round pick, so he, he's going in his third year. To where you're gonna end up having to pay him at some point, Taj, uh, Tyler Boyd. What what's his contract status? And you're gonna have to find a tight end because uh, who's your mama? Whatever his name is at tight end is not gonna last very long. So and you gotta go find an offensive line. And you're gonna have to pay Joey Burrow at some point. So I think that kind of just goes. I mean, for one year. I mean, if you had to ask me, like, Rams, you kind of posed the question as, do they miss the playoffs altogether? Are they back in this position? I would probably be led to be that they'd be more likely to be in this position than than not. But, I mean, you look at, like, the Ravens, who've severely underachieved. You you don't think they'll – do you think they'd miss the playoffs altogether? Yeah. They were lucky that they – Sophomore slump. They were lucky that they didn't get Buffalo – that Buffalo, Kansas City play each other. I'd agree with that right, too. Right? That's right. What I was they say. shouldn't have beat Tennessee. Tennessee had to be the weakest one seed in the last ten years, and they were lucky to beat Tennessee. Yeah, they had to be the weakest one seed in the last ten years, Tennessee. I I like Cincinnati. I think they're going to be back to that point at some point. I think I'm with Justin though. I think it's going to be a sophomore slump. I think they're going to re- regress a little bit next year. And then have to come back in 2024. And 
I'll give you that. And the, the AFC is and here's the so thing. You're going to have too. to realize how they draft now when they're drafting at the back end of the draft. Are they going to get guys that are plug and play like they have? Or are they going to get guys that are developmental like the Packers have had to have over 20 years? The Packers haven't drafted plug and play guys. Yeah, they haven't been in position it, to. You know, they... for that matter, neither have, neither have the Steelers or, or Baltimore for that matter. No, I'd agree with all that. So, yeah, that's not a bad argument. Um, no, I, I kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier. And I know Ramsey kind of saw where I was going with this. So, first, just a conversation. The Super Bowl win... What does this do to Matt Stafford's legacy, and is he a Hall of Famer now? So I, I've thought about this pretty extensively over the last two days. So that's been kind of a conversation that's been going around. Matt Stafford is a Hall of Famer, and it's not a Hall of Famer because he deserves to be a Hall of Famer. It's a Hall of Famer because they're going to let Eli Manning in. And what the NFL has done and the position they've put themselves in is Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, he's in that same category as those guys who I think is a really good quarterback, not a Hall of Fame-level quarterback. But all three of those guys are going to get in just on the fact of... Like, even this last year's Hall of Fame class was kind of a joke, right? Oh, yeah. I, I First of all, I don't get... Well, I guess I shouldn't be too surprised, but I don't, I don't get Devin Hester mix, missing out. I... I guess I'm th- I'm happy because we didn't even talk about this yet. We have to talk about the award winners for Wisconsin. No, did we talk about that last week already? No, we didn't. The award winners for Wisconsin-based sports. We'll get to that in a second, though. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was just a weird class kind of overall. I mean, you, there's a lot of deserving names in there. But, but I was kind of shocked on the guys who didn't get in either. It was almost like there's a lot of deserving names and we're going to have to do these guys in eventually. So this is a down year for the Hall of Fame. So we're just going to get all these names in. Does that make sense? That's what it seemed like to me. It seemed like there was a lot of guys on that list that are like, they probably should be in down year. We'll just make it a down year and come back better next year. Yeah, like Dick Vermeil? Like why is Dick Vermeil a Hall of Fame coach? Like, why? Richard Seymour got in before DeMarcus Ware. I got nothing. I know, and that's that's just what it was. But So we go back to the conversation with Matt Stafford, and Richard Sherman had some comments earlier this week, which I agree and disagree with. The Hall of Fame has become the Hall of Really Good. Yeah, we talked about this a lot last week, too. And... I will say this with the baseball, right? I think there's people that deserve to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame that are currently not in the Baseball Hall of Fame. And won't be. I mean, we talked about that pretty extensively, what, two weeks ago? But at least the Baseball Hall of Fame is exclusive. And at least it is truly for the best players. Where you can't say that about the NFL right now. The Pro Football Hall of Fame is... Jeez. Like, it goes back to the whole thing. Stafford's going to get in at this point, And he has a losing overall record. Someone like Eli Manning's going to get in who is, what, 50-50 for his career? I mean... Less than. Technically, he's a losing quarterback, too. And it's just a thing that, like I said, some of those guys are going to get in, and 
if they're in, your argument can't be to keep like people like Matt Stafford out. So is Matt Stafford a Hall of Fame quarterback? Yeah. Is he a Hall of Fame quarterback due to his accolades in his NFL career? Probably not. It's probably more so just he gets in because some of the other guys get in. So with that, just kind of, Justin, unless you got something else to add here. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I, I – I know the argument you're talking about with Richard Sherman, and I kind of tend to lean – to what Richard Sherman was saying like when you go past all of it what makes like he's made he's never made an all pro team right sure he's been to one pro ball sure but we had this conversation last year about or last week about Ben Roethlisberger Ben Roethlisberger doesn't have an all pro team Ben Roethlisberger doesn't have I mean, he has two Super Bowls, sure, but you could probably make an argument at this point. Stafford's in pretty decent position to get another one. As if that some of that Rams team comes back, right? Right. Stafford, it's Stafford and Big Ben are they're going to be the same conversation? I think we're already we should right. already have that been, same conversation. And this is the second playoffs he's ever been to. But is that can correct you, or third? Third, I believe he made twice in Detroit. I believe that's correct. But can we necessarily hold the Detroit years against him, though? I don't know that he is. I don't. Is it more impressive to have... I don't know how we can argue... I don't know how we cannot argue that... Like, think about it. I don't know how we can argue... How are we going to hold the Detroit years against Matt Stafford? But if the Packers lose Aaron Rodgers, then we're probably not a playoff team. Do you understand that part of the argument? Like, Aaron Rodgers is a uh, no-doubter, right? Right. Yeah. There's no way, like, but you Matt can... Stafford, A, if he is a Hall of Famer, there's no way he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Well, Ben Rosberger is. And I, I know that, that sound, this sounds like a ludicrous argument, but with Ben being done, Stafford's going to play for another five years. I bet you Stafford and Ben's numbers look very similar when they're said and done. So if Ben's a first ballot, then Stafford should be too. That's I guess that's the and I so I guess too it kind of goes back to what we talked about before is what's the criteria for being a Hall of Famer? Because well, Ben doesn't have an All Pro. Let's let's look at it this way, and then just to kind of pose that that's kind of where I was going to go with this: taking Brady and Ben out. And for conversation's sake, let's leave Aaron Rodgers in because we all lean towards he's probably playing, unless that's changed for you guys in the last couple last week or so. But for this conversation, um, let's look at just the quarterbacks in the NFL. How many, as of right now, do you think deserve to be in the Hall of Fame when they retire? Well, I mean, you look at. I mean, I think we can kind of go three, two no-brainers for sure. Rodgers and Mahomes. Mahomes is in a Hall of Fame, right? No. No, I think Mahomes. Mahomes, if he quit right now, no, not if he quit right now, but just uh, based on track record and what you kind of believe how their career is going to go. There's a so no brainers. Mahomes, right. Rogers, Russell Wilson. Wilson, yeah, Wilson. Because it goes back to that same argument. If you let someone let it, if Stafford's getting in, Wilson gets in, right? Right. So you can't, we can't argue against Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's going to be there. Um, yes, I would agree with that. 
I'm trying to think about the. So here's just here's just a list, and I, I this is just how this one website ranked them, and this isn't Hall of Fame or not Hall of Fame, but just because I wanted to get like a whole list of quarterbacks pulled up here. So Rodgers, Mahomes, Stafford. I think tech by the way that we treat the Hall of Fame now, all three are for sure. Mm. Yes. Maybe in your book, not in my book. There's no argument against Stafford at this point. He has Super Bowl. He has Super Bowl. He's going to finish top in his career. He's going to finish top 10 touchdowns, top 10 passing yards. He'll get in just on that. I'm going to go for the sake of this argument. For the sake of this argument, I'm going by today. If it ended today. Then Rodgers and Uh, Wilson are probably the only two guaranteed. When you. Yeah. I think Mahomes will get in. I don't know if he'd be first ballot. I think he'll get in eventually. If he quit today? Yeah, I think he gets in. He is, what, an MVP, a 50 touchdown, a Super Bowl. I think he. Two appearances. He, I think he gets in, right? I, I don't. I wouldn't. He's been to four. He's been to four AFC championships too, and not that that's meant anything, but four straight. Yeah, that's all impressive. But I can't think of another one off the top of my head, though. I don't think. No, and that's why I don't. The only the next closest one you would think of would be what Lamar Jackson, Matt Ryan. He's got an MVP. Matt Ryan's got an MVP, a Super Bowl appearance. You've got Josh Allen, who hasn't really won anything. See, that's why I don't love the the side of the argument of if it ended today. I think we can kind of look at these guys' career paths, and that's the way I was looking at it. If you look at their career paths of where they're going. Uh, and You would have never said Joey Burrow was going to the Super Bowl. I don't know if you say that. I think you could you make the argument. You don't know that Joey Burrow's ever going to go back. No, you don't. But I think you can kind of look at the projection of how, of how he's played this really, let's call it a year and a half. Sure. And I'm not saying he's in that conversation of Hall of Famer or not, because I think he still has a lot yet to prove. But I think the track record of if he, you, if, yeah, if he keeps, if it, you say Matt Stafford's a, a super or a, a Hall of Fame quarterback, so is Trent Dilfer. I don't think it is That's because two totally different. I don't think he is because of just the Super Bowl. Why? Otherwise, you throw Joe Flacco in there too. Well, I think Stafford gets in. He's if got he's the numbers in individually yeah. too. This is the same. We talked about this last week on the pod about Ben Roethlisberger, and I said, "Are we sure he's a first ballot Hall of Famer?" And we're, everyone said, "Yes." Stafford is going to have basically mirrored numbers as Ben. I don't. You can't. If you're going to let Ben in, you have to let Stafford in at that point. And that, that's that's what the issue has become, and that's what we were just talking about, is that if it's kind of going to get to the point where, well, we let this guy in, we're going to have to let this guy in. So is the Hall of Fame... The Hall of Very Good? It's the Hall of Very Good. I think we're looking at it from a little bit of jaded of a thing where Manning, Eli Manning's going to get in, right? I, he shouldn't. He, he shouldn't, will. but he's going to. Ben Roethlisberger is going to get in. Stafford's going to be so close to Roethlisberger. If Roethlisberger's in, the contemporaries. Stafford, you can make an argument that's better arm talent. Stafford gets in. Wilson gets in. Wilson, Phillip Rivers. There's a lot of those guys that are going to get in just because their numbers are going to look good enough. I don't know that. Phillip Rivers is an interesting conversation, too. I don't disagree. And honestly, I don't. 
all those guys we just named, if it's me, I'm probably not going to... Well, I think Roethlisberger gets in, right? I would not vote for Manning. I would not vote for Stafford. I would not vote for Rivers. But it's going to be one of those things that's going to be... A, there's going to be a summer of a down year, and one of those guys is going to be up, and... Well, especially because you stay in it for forever, basically. I think when you put it that way... When you put it that way, Ramsey, you're gonna have a down year. Like, I think that's a. I think that's the best way to explain how he would get in. But let's just say it's Stafford is up this year. Stafford deserves to be in just as much as anyone else that got in this past season, except for Leroy Butler. Well, I don't even know if Leroy Butler should have got in. <laughs> Again, oh, it's become the Hall of Really Good. Leroy Butler was really good. Was Leroy Butler a Hall of Famer? See, Leroy Butler for me, I, I mean, personal bias aside, whether that be as a Packers fan or just having maybe kind of a blah reaction with him one time where, you know, it was middle of summer. Um, as a kid, and I really didn't think it was that bad as much as my parents did. But Leroy Butler, I think, gets in based on what could have been and what he I mean, he had the track record where he was probably on path to it for sure. And then the injury happens. It's the same thing. I mean, because I was, I was listening to this on the radio the other day. Besides Aaron Rodgers right now, are there any other Green Bay Packers you can think of that deserve to be good? Uh, uh, Mike Holmgren aside, because I think Holmgren could, you could make the case for too. But are there any other Green Bay Packers that you can make the argument for at this point? Maybe to be a Hall of Famer, right? Maybe Shannon Sharp or Sterling Sharp, Clay Matthews, Clay Matthews. Maybe he'll get in. Clay Matthews will get in. David Bakhtiari will get in. Devontae Adams will get in. No, nobody playing right now. Yeah. Nobody playing like outside of Eric. Because I mean, I mean, not even outside of Aaron Rodgers. But the guys. What about Jordy? I don't think Jordy's Hall of Fame worthy. He's Packer Hall of Fame worthy. I don't think he's NFL Hall of Fame worthy. But see, this is this is the argument that we were just having. Leroy Butler got in. Jordy should be in. That's, Maybe. See, that's the conversation, though. And that's why I was talking about the Hall of Fame has now become the Hall of Really Good. Should Jordy Nelson be a Hall of Famer? I don't think so. Right. But should Leroy Butler? I don't know. I think they're I think they're accolades. I know they play different positions, right? But I would say their career paths are fairly similar. How much does I, I, that's a great point. How much does that matter? Their position matter. I'd say quite a deal, big you deal. Because I mean, you look at like, look at these receivers too. I mean, you look at like T.O. wasn't a first ballot. T.O.'s one of the greatest receivers of all time. Right. I, I also think that there's an there's gonna be an issue that the NFL, and this is not the NFL's concern, right? But this is what the NFL has kind of created, and it's been that the offensive it's become an offensive lead. So Randy Moss and To's numbers from a decade and a half ago, fifteen years ago, aren't gonna look quite as good when someone like Devonte Adams retires, right? Yeah. But did T.O. and Randy Moss have a better career than Devontae? Probably. Ooh. I, yeah, maybe. I, I, think Randy Ma- I think Randy Moss was the most talented football player I've ever seen play. I've said that before. I, there was no one that could cover him throughout his entire career. Even old Randy Moss, the kind of tail end there with New England, 
was still explosive, right? Like past that, what, 21 touchdown year? But Randy Moss's numbers aren't going to look quite as good because we're passing the ball so much more now. Yeah, absolutely. You mean, you remember growing up, I mean, think about this, just the evolution of the quarterback position. Growing up, a 3,000-yard season was pretty good. 4,000 yards was like pinnacle. And no one even touched 5,000. Right. Now you're getting 4,500 as kind of the standard where if you're even below, you know, thir- if you're at 3,900, 3, you're pretty good. But if you're not above four. You kind of looked at like, well, what happened? Right. Did you miss time? So a lot of the, and that's the, that's just what the Hall of Fame is going to have to start determining is these numbers are going to be inflated. And there are going to be people that are going to get left out or in based on it's just become the Hall of Really Good. And I guess that's just the issue. So if you're a really good player, you're probably getting it. But I, I don't think Jordy, I don't think technically Sterling Sharp, I mean, you could make the argument he was on path to. Because that's another really kind of interesting thing in my book, too, is how they, like with, I mean, Leroy Butler kind of sets a really odd precedent of does career path matter? Like, were you on path to be there? Uh, I don't think that should ever matter. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Why, I don't... Would, that ma- why would that matter? But that's the argument for, been for Leroy Butler, where he had a really good career that was never great because it, it ended too quickly because of injury. Right. And I don't think Leroy Butler should be in. That's the whole conversation. But now that Leroy Butler's in... Some of these other guys are going to have an argument. Do you mean four all pros? How many pro balls? Six? Six or seven, I believe. I'm not saying the Roy Butler half, wasn't a... Half of his 12-year career, he was the one of the top... He was, if not the top safety, one of two top safeties in the league. I'm not disagreeing he, that he's he not... Over a decade... I'm not disagreeing he's not a really good player. I'm just saying that there's a lot of other really good players that are going to fit in that same kind of category of... He made the all-decade team, too. Yeah. No, by all means, like I said, Leroy Butler, congrats to him. I Like I said, I don't... So, just to kind of round it back to the quarterbacks, I mean, like I said, Rodgers, Mahomes, maybe Wilson, depending on how you feel about Stafford... Josh Allen has work to or room to go. Joe Burrow has a long career to go, hopefully. Lamar Jackson, room to go. Dak Prescott, probably not. I'm surprised. I'm surprised you haven't brought up Trevor Lawrence yet, Ramsey. Um, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I, Sean Watson. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to run into an issue of being in Jacksonville. And if he can overcome that will be... The determining factor, really. Or right. if he gets out. Not with, not with Doug Peterson, baby. Doug Peterson's going to lead him to the promised land. He's going to lead him right to the playoffs to lose to Mac Jones. I will... Um, I guess I'll believe it when I see it. I, 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 I think Trevor Lawrence is an excellent talent. I think that he is... He was showing signs where you watch him and you go, okay, he can play, right? There was signs of that. 
And for what it's worth, how he handled the Jacksonville situation over the last year, I mean, good on him because there was a lot of points that he could have just turned on Urban Meyer or he could have been a headache and he wasn't. Imagine if Aaron Rodgers would have been dealing with some of that stuff. 100%. Be, I 100% agree with you. So, I, you know, obviously it's a he's a good kid that has his head on straight, that has his priorities lined up right. It's just a matter of I don't know if Jacksonville will ever be able to put the talent around him that he's going to need to succeed in that league where it is. And he doesn't. He gets another ding too because he's playing in the AFC, and the AFC right now is so deep with quarterback talent. And yeah, I know that, that division he plays in is so bad. Yeah, but you got to think that the Colts are going to get it right. Tennessee, for what they're what it's worth, is well run. And Houston's another story, but <laughs> Tennessee and. Uh, Indianapolis, they'll get it right. Indianapolis is a quarterback away. I think Carson Wentz is a really good athlete. I think he needs some help, but... Is he the quarterback for Indianapolis next year, though? According to the reports, no. I feel bad for him, though, because he... I've been a big Carson Wentz defender. I think Carson Wentz is a really good quarterback. He has talent. But I I have not... I don't think he's going to have the help put around him and I don't think he's going to have enough of a leash or lead way to get that help there. He could use another yeah. receiver or two and a tight end. And, tight end that's worth a shit. Yeah, and that's I don't think he's going to get that. So I think he's going to run out of town before they can fix it for him. He might be running out of town this offseason. Yeah. I mean, that's this quarterback carousel really gets interesting when you look at I mean, so we're still on Aaron Rodgers' watch, Def- defending MVP again. You would think, okay, you would think outside of Aaron Rodgers, who is the hottest uh, quarterback, free agent quarterback? Russell Wilson, obviously, but that's v- that's via trade. Kyler okay, Murray. We'll just go trade, so it's. I think Kyler, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is not going anywhere. I don't think so either, Crazy. but. He, I'm just telling the you the reality. Of him even that's not even close. Yeah, I that's agree. a joke. I'm just telling you the reality of the situation. That's uh, him asking for a new contract. That's all it is. What it probably is the reality is. of them. They're not gonna trade him. Oh hell no! I'm Come just on. saying the reality of the situation though is that they're still he's still in the rumor mill. I will. right or wrong, I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying like he's in the rumor mill. These are facts. But if you look at, I mean, hey. so here's a list of guys who are technically going to be free agents. Garoppolo is probably the most realistic, hottest trade quarterback in the market. If Rodgers decides not to ask for a trade. Aaron's not asked for a trade. He is or he Or isn't. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is if he's playing. But we don't know what the status of that is yet. There's a decent chance we don't know next year. Sure we do. It's whatever the team that's trained for him wants to do. The the NFL hasn't suspended him yet. They haven't put him on the commissioner's list. No, but they're still pending charges if they're going to press charges, criminally speaking, or not. And that's the million-dollar question. He may not be even... There's even, a, he might be spending more time in a courtroom than in a locker room. I was about to say, there's a decent chance we never see Deshaun Watson play again. I would agree, but he could be playing right now for where the Texans could let him play right now. I I think the NFL would step in at that point. 
I think the NFL, and this is just, I think it's better for the NFL if he just stayed under the radar and the NFL didn't make a big deal about it. I think that if he's, if Houston was like, oh, we're going to play him, I think the NFL steps in. Probably put him on the exempt list. Yeah, I, that's what I don't. I think that that was just an un or just an unspoken agreement between the Texans and the NFL, saying, "Hey, look, we're not going to do this. We don't want to be involved. Let's just see." That's where I give you know just a very similar situation where how the MLB handled Trevor Bauer's situation until last week when they decided that they weren't going to pre- that the DA wasn't going to press charges on him. I think that's exactly how you should probably handle any situation against any player with pending legal issues, domestic abuse or not. I think you need to kind of let the legal system play out more and not have them either on the field or in the public eye until that gets sorted out. Yeah, it's just better for the league as a whole. So I think I thought the MLB handled very well with Trevor Bauer. I hope Deshaun Watson's moved. I hope he's playing football next year. His off the field stuff is what it is, but he's an unbelievable talent. I mean, well, if he's if he's true if he's truly not guilty of the things he's accused of, I agree. If he is, if he did do the crap he is accused of, and he's facing charges for, I I would hope he never plays football again. Well, I when I say that at this point he's not been criminally charged; it's been civil suits. And we all know how civil suits are is that people can manipulate those a little more than a legal case. So until a legal case is brought up, right? I mean, criminal case. Yeah. So. So then, yeah. so free agent wise, I but mean, then it's Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Because they are trading him. I don't think that's official yet. I, would you, would it be surprised if Jimmy Garoppolo was playing there next year? He's so cheap. They're paying him what, like twenty two million dollars a year. Yeah, but what are they paying Trey Lance? It doesn't matter. He's a rookie. He's on a rookie deal. They're not paying him nothing. I think. Not I think, yet. Anyway, I think they do move Garoppolo, and I think Trey Lance is playing at the starting quarterback next year. But I'm just saying, are we sure that that's the move to make? And not let Trey Lance sit another year. So Jimmy G's cap hit, for what it's worth, is only twenty six point nine mil this year. So I'm saying you're not paying that guy anything. Although if you do trade him this year, he's only got a one point four million dollar cap hit. He's an unrestricted free agent after this year. Yeah, like I said, I would I would trade him. I'd start Trey Lance. I think you're in a win now situation in San Francisco. Eight and a half million dollar for Trey Lance average. Going to spot track right now. Keep going. I, I don't know. That was my thought about that. I think in that division, you need to have a quarterback that is who has a slightly higher ceiling than what Jimmy Garoppolo can offer. But then again, Jimmy Garoppolo's career record, he has what, like 12 losses or something? Stu- it was like 26 and 12. As a starter in the regular it's season? Something it's something stupid. Absurd. Yeah, he's. He's won everything he's done. So, I mean, and the locker room loves him. I don't know if it's as cut and dry as saying, hey, we're going to start Trey Lance over Jimmy Garoppolo. I like I said, I think with Jimmy G specifically, it comes down to that contract. You look at it, like I said, $1.4 million dead hit. Seven, yeah. three-quarter million cap hit next year. 
Trey Lance is. Yeah. Seven and three quarter. Seven seven fifty. But I tell you what, you know, we kind of talked about Ben Roethlisberger's replacement in Pittsburgh. There's some veteran quarterbacks out there. Like I said, because the draft class isn't that great this year, especially not where Pittsburgh would be picking. There's some decent free agents out there that by no means are you know going to light the world on fire. But you could make an argument for a lot of these guys just to be like a one-year stopgap. I mean, here's a list of the free agents that, as of right now, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, Tyrod Taylor, Jameis Winston, Jacoby Brissett, Teddy Bridgewater, Marcus Mariota, uh, Mitch Trubisky. I mean, that's where the list kind of stops. I mean, for talent-wise anyway. I mean, unless you're really that passionate about giving Colt McCoy one more go-around, but... There's only two guys on that list that are even worth the... A thought. Which two is that, Justin? I, I mean, I'm curious. I I have well, two that I be, thought. It's, it's good. Well, it's got to be. Um, if we're going for longevity, then it's got to be. If you think you can just stop gap it until you draft a rookie quarterback and then let them sit maybe one or two years, then it's got to be Jameis Winston or or Marcus Mariota. But if it's if it's we're gonna go in and we're gonna try to win, we're a mediocre team. We're gonna try and see if we can get to the back end of the playoffs. Then the only one that's really worth any of it is Fitzpatrick. See, I think Mitch Trubisky. I I'm curious on him. Say what you will about him, he still made the playoffs. I mean, I don't think he was that special or great, but I think he's as good as I know on that list you just named off. I'm curious on his. I, I would be really curious on if he was giving a starting job outside of of the Bears. What his outside of he's limited. But that's so we're talking about the fortieth to thirty second best quarterback in the league, right? I mean, there's probably he's not go to a place where he's going to play as a backup to re to kind of prove himself. But I think if we're talking Mariota, I think I would I would take Trubisky over Mariota. Ooh, Mariota. Mariota is really good in Madden. Mariota in real life is not. I would agree, but I think Mariota in in a in a scheme like what Baltimore has is a top twenty five quarterback. If you put if you put Mariota in Baltimore scheme, he's a top twenty-five quarterback. Yeah, but he's not going to Baltimore. So if you find the right fit, that's what I mean. Like I said, I am really interested. If if I think the best fit, I mean Pittsburgh. If you go get what, uh, Pittsburgh specifically, I don't know why fit, I'm so fixated on them. Trying to think, what I'm just like fits Trubisky. Washington? Take your pick. I mean... I would take Heineke over over Trubisky. I wouldn't. See, I I think... Like I said, is Trubisky my guy I would go after and be like, oh, this is my starter for the next 10 years? No, but I do think that... Let's just call three years. I think Trubisky was good enough in Chicago... He's not special. He's limited, obviously. He's probably the 20th best quarterback, right? Like, once we start getting past 25 or sweating hairs on the, all these guys, 
any one of these guys is a free agent we're splitting hairs on. There's not one that's superior than the other. I'm just simply saying, I he's athletic. His, his arm's okay. He has playoff experience. I would I would take I would take Trubisky over Taysom Hill. Well, Taysom Hill's not a quarterback though. <laughs> getting getting paid like one. <laughs> For now, at least, right? We'll see what happens with uh, yeah. old Sean Payton being gone, or what happens with Jameis. Like, yeah, I there's no way I don't think any any one of us are going to sit there and not say that Jameis is probably out of all those guys the first guy to go off of that list. Well, I think Jameis is a pretty decent quarterback. I mean, especially now that I can yeah, see, I would say he's a top twenty. He was what eight and three this past year, I believe. Before his injury, mm-hmm. I don't know how how the Saints are going to let him walk, especially when you know what Taysom Hill is now. Yeah, I don't. You're not going to continue to pay Taysom Hill seventeen million dollars a year to be a gadget player? Hell no. Well, they have is so far. <laughs> Well, a special, he's got that special contract to where they could just, and there's no cap hit or whatever. Yeah, like I said, I mean, he's been paid that way so far. I don't see why they wouldn't keep doing that. You can't see why they wouldn't keep paying him $17 million a year? Did you not see him play quarterback? Did you? He's not He's not Devontae Adams, a wide receiver. I understand. He's not even freaking... He's not even freaking Devin Hester. I'm, I'm in special teams. I'm just saying. And Devin Hester could only do one good thing: run straight. He made some elusive cuts from returning kicks, Justin. Come on. He, he He's has, not all. He has more kick or special teams touchdowns than like seventy-five percent of the league. Yep. Should have been first Dow Hall of Famer. Should have been. No way. He's not even <laughs> going to make a Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, he will. He'll make it. He'll be in. He's not He's not going on. So I guess if, while we're sitting here, what's the Hall of Fame criteria then? If you are a Hall of Fame voter, what do you have to see on someone's resume to make them a Hall of Famer? Depends on the position, honestly. I don't know. You know, that's a good question. I, I don't – special teams is – special teams is one that seems to be picked on a lot, doesn't it? If it's me, right, I would want you to be a top three in your position for ten years. Right. So, if we're gonna if we're gonna let, right, okay. So let's break it down. If we're gonna let a kick returner in, are we gonna let a long snapper in? Sure. What the hell? If the long, I well, the issue with the long snapper is though, or a placeholder. No, Let's use a punter not, or a quarterback. I did not biff. I did not biff a snap in ten years. I was rated by Jim Kelly's special teams school as the number one placeholder in all of the NFL. No, because they're not scoring touchdowns. <laughs> Long snappers are making tackles. They're special teamers. They matter. Long snappers' lives matter. If you get a long snapper that forces a fumble a game, 
right. a game. I know. I'm just, that's why I'm just saying it has to or be Or 10 start. fumbles a year. Yeah, Devin Hester is an interesting situation just for the fact of not only— He didn't do anything better than—he didn't do anything particularly good outside of returning a football. Yes, but he was the best all-time at that. I mean, he put up—the the fact of the matter with Devin Hester, just to kind of wrap this up, is just— So if you're going to let Des— I do, I, This is where I don't—I do, I do not agree. I do not agree. But he was the best all time at something. If you're the best all time at something, you deserve to be in. See, he had such an impact on the game, though, like with scoring and the fact that you couldn't kick to him. That sets up the offense for better field position too. Punt return. It's not like he was even just like a kick return. He's a punt return too. He played receiver. Not very well, but he did. He was terrible receiver. He was a terrible receiver. He was a terrible fake running back. He was not any good at anything other than returning a football. Yes, but he was. And the- yes, was he the best at it? Sure, but I don't know that that garners him being a Hall of Famer. Certainly not a first ballot. Well, let's let's just. I'm going to go he, through a couple accolades well, here. He may. And and not saying that this is. You know, take it what you than will. Plays a year. Three-time first-team All-Pro, second-team All-Pro, or one second-team All-Pro. That's four All-Pro teams, four-time Pro Bowl, three-time Special Teams Player of the Year. He's a member of the 2010s All-Decade Team, the 2010 or the 2000s All-Decade Team, the 2010s All-Decade Team, uh, the NFL 100th Anniversary All-Decade or All-Time Team, 100 Greatest Bears of All Time. He had to- 20 total return touchdowns, which is an NFL record. 14 punt return touchdowns, six total return touchdowns this season also a record as a receiver 255 catches 3,000 yards 16 touchdowns um as a receiver too so he was on two all decade teams i think he deserves to be in this is where i set up the question to where position matters you both said position matters yeah i agree his position mattered, though. His specific position mattered in Chicago. It did. In nobody, in nobody else's realm, does a returner matter? Okay, but it did in Chicago. Like, there's no other returner out there that deserves to be in it, right? Yeah, but they never had the impact that Devin Hester did, though. Yeah, and no one was even close to that. The close. I mean, you look at Green Bay. As a whole, for the franchise history, the illustrious franchise history of Green Bay, you could maybe make an argument, and this isn't even a good one, that Desmond Howard's maybe the best kicker turner we've ever had, and he was here for, what, two years? And he wasn't in the same ballpark as Hester was. And he's a Super Bowl MVP. And then he's not in the so He's not in the Hall of Fame. No, and he shouldn't be, particularly... But you look at how the turnover of that position as a whole is, where for the most part, especially with the NFL that we're in right now, where basically every other kick, if not, no, not even that, probably three out of four kicks a game aren't returned, if not even a higher clip than that. You look at how most punts these days aren't returned. 
I mean, really, we could you could make the argument that the best return, the true return specialist in the league right now is probably Alex Erickson, and he's not even on the same planet as Devin Hester was. Or Cordell Patterson. I mean, it, Devin Hester is, is the one exemption to that rule. I agree with you for the most part there, Justin, on should we let kick returner and punt returners in? Probably not. But Devin Hester is the one that I would say I would give that pass to. I'd agree with that. You'd see, and you'd be the one with the watered-down Hall of Fame, not me. When you have, like Ramsey said, though, you look at the accolades, you have two all-decade teams, the all the all-time NFL roster on the 100th anniversary the team. Three, Ramsey's Hall of Fame of pretty good. Three NFL records. special. Three NFL records, 36 combined touchdowns. Yeah, that's I it. think that covers the bases. No. But anyway, so just a couple other pieces to touch on here. Aaron Rodgers, MVP. Huh. Not really shocking, but yeah. was what it was. Ramsey, your guy, Kaz Grala, Ramsey. did make the 500 or the duel. So I don't know if he has work to do to get in yet, but he will be None in the duel. None of them are locked in, right? I'm... Or two of them lock in. I believe two of them lock in and two race. I believe so. There's one guy, one guy from each duel gets in. So it's the highest finisher of the highest, yeah, the highest of the non whatever um, guarantees finish. So duel in each duel race. Anyway, uh, Rogers MVP. Um. T.J. Watt, Defensive Player of the Year. Another Badger State connection here. I got I got a question, Ramsey. What did you – and here's where I'm going to shock you. I, don't, I really don't think that Aaron Rodgers deserved the MVP. I know you've been on record saying that you think Joey Burrow should have been an MVP. I want to go out on a limb and tell you that I think Cooper Cup should have been the MVP. No, and I'll tell you why. The MVP stands for most valuable player. Cooper Cup was not the most valuable player on his team. Huh? Most valuable player is what the MVP stands for. He was certainly the most valuable player on his team. He wasn't the most valuable player in the Super Bowl. You take... Aaron Donald what? Aaron Donald was more valuable than he Cooper won Cup the was. MVP. Sure. But Aaron Donald was more valuable. No. He literally caught every pass on the final drive to win the Super Bowl. Aaron Donald was more valuable. See, we're you were missing the whole No. No. I don't agree. There's no way that you can make me not think that. Cooper Cup was the most valuable player in that game for the Los Angeles Rams. What was Joe Burrow's final stat number? He won the final drive. Okay, because Stafford threw him the ball. Cooper Cup's value is directly related to someone else getting him the ball. Can you name another wide receiver that was on the field for the Rams at the time? Van Van Jefferson. Jefferson. Nice. Okay. And he got injured and was out. Like the final three plays. 
you're missing the point there, Justin. Cooper Cup is not valuable. Cooper Cup's position directly relies on someone else doing stuff for him. Aaron Donald generates his... He's all by himself. He generates his own movement. The fact that Aaron Donald did not win the Super Bowl MVP was a joke. The last play, the last two plays were made by Aaron Donald. Yeah, I don't I don't so, love the Cooper Cup argument. I I don't I mean I maybe just by side. I I do think when you look at the body of work cuz you can make the argument for Brady based on yards and touchdowns. But Brady disappeared a few more extra games than Rodgers did. Cooper Cup, wide receiver is such a hard position to put as an MVP or even as a Heisman because you're completely reliant on somebody getting you the ball. But you also have to win your battles too and and make plays and, you know, yak and all that stuff. I have a hard time with that one too. I think at the end of the day, Rodgers probably deserved it. Four tackles and two of them were sacks. That's it. Yes. Give me a break. He's not the what most. Was it, what was his quarterback player. pressures? What was the double teams that he took off Von Miller? I mean, we're we're splitting hairs. I, Cooper Cup. We're not should should the MVP. No, he was not easily the best player. No, that's not even. Uh, Aaron Donald's the best player on the field. He was the best player on the field. Like not, nah, it's not. Yeah, Cooper Cup won it because he's flashy. But we're going back to the whole MVP conversation. The most valuable player in the league was Joe Burrow. That team without Joe Burrow was, what, four-win team last year? Joe Burrow comes and all of a sudden they got hot and go to Super Bowl? Aaron Rodgers, the roster that was put around Aaron makes that team a 10-win team probably. We've said that with Jordan Love there. They're probably a 10-win team. Somewhere between 8 and 10 wins. So valuable, Aaron. No, Aaron just had a really good statistical season. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think, the Cooper Cup argument is definitely belongs in the argument. No, the season that the guy had was unbelievable. Sure. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not discrediting uh-huh. that. I'm not saying that Cooper Cup didn't have a great season. Cooper Cup on the Triple Crown, won the what Offensive Player of the Year. And that's where he should be. Cooper, yeah. But wide receivers, and we saw with Devontae Adams, wide receivers do not even generate wins. Like, Devontae Adams doesn't play with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is what, 4-0, 5-0? More than that. Receivers don't generate wins. That's just what, and um, that's the unfortunate circumstance of being reliant on someone else getting you the ball. So is Cooper Cup valuable? I mean, to a point, sure. It's oh, there's oh, there's something to be said that you're the best receiver in the league, right? But valuable in generating wins, no. He's going to the Hall of Fame now. Uh, I you know I don't even necessarily yeah. with the season he had. Should he be there? I mean, probably, right? No one else has ever done what he's done. Unbelievable. Right. Hundred forty-five catches. 145 catches. Almost 2,000 yards. He was 53 yards short of 2,000 yards. That's unbelievable. Sure. I mean, yeah. I still, like I said, of I... Of course, 
the argument the argument you can make he only had 16 touchdowns on 145 catches right what did Devontae have last year 21 well he was a volume receiver there's Devontae and Cooper Cobb don't even play the same position though right Cooper Cup's your ex, Devontae Adams is your boundary Y. I mean, they're they're not the same. They play different positions. That's not even to take into stat his his rushing stats. He's his rushing is the rushing first down one in the game. He's rushing the ball, he's catching the ball, he's he's the MVP. No. No, he's not. It's just he he's the best player on the field. No, he's not the best player on his team. Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is better, and I I don't even want to have that argument. Aaron Donald's the best player. Aaron Donald might be the best football player in the league. I don't, okay, realistically, I don't think that's even an argument. Right? There's no doubt he's the best. He's the best player. Aaron Donald might is probably the best. It, you made the argument. If Aaron Donald. So, like, the argument out there is that Aaron Donald is considering retirement. If Aaron Donald retired now, it would feel like when Barry Sanders retired. A career that was cut way too short. And He's Aaron Donald's what? done it all already. 10 years? I said, if I'm a 10, 10, but, but 10 years. I'm trying to remember. His feels like he's got another. 10 in him. See, the if, way he's playing. I would not. Uh, if I was a NFL player, I want a Super Bowl. I'm 10 years into my career. I have really nothing else to prove. I'm going to. I would leave. I'd leave on top. Yeah, I mean. Look at that. Rutgers beat Illinois. All right. On that note. So just a couple. <laughs> just to wrap up here. As we always wrap up with what we are rooting for in the upcoming week. And Justin, I'll let you lead off on this one. Um, oh, just quick. For... Sorry, Justin. I'm, I'm, Aaron Donald's oh, only Jesus. been in the league since 2014. So, what, like eight years? My bad. He, he came in old, yeah. though, didn't he? He's been. He's 30. He's 30. He'll turn 31 in a couple months. All right. Sorry, Justin. You're rooting for He's been like an all-pro almost all, all of his seasons. Seven of his eight seasons or something like that. Correct. Um, I'm rooting for... Uh, I'm going to steal Ramsey's thunder here. Uh, uh, what looks to be hopefully a faster-paced Daytona 500 than what we just witnessed here on... What was it, Fox or whatever? Um... Than qualifying, the I'm I'm hoping the new car takes off. I'm hoping a Hendrick team wins it. The Hendrick cars look super super fast, if you want to call it that, amongst the rest of the field. Um, I'm glad. I kind of like the Wednesday night qualifying deal. It got it has the the whole week feeling like um, it's not so drawn out. Um, so yeah, I'm just hoping for a great day to five hundred. I'm going to piggyback off that. I'm also hoping for a great Daytona 500. I think there's going to be issues with the 500 and the new car. Um, I, I think it could get ugly. Just I don't I don't know 
if I trust the technologists in those cars to run 500 miles at Daytona. So we will see. I hope that I hope it does make it. I hope that I'm wrong. I just it makes me a little nervous when unproven tech going towards the biggest show. So we'll see. It's the problem with having your biggest show as the first race in the yep, year, too. Exactly. I'm also gonna pick. No, I'm kidding. I, as much I, and I do love NASCAR, and I, I'm really excited for the season to get back underway here. Um, I'm I'm gonna go just to just to change things up. Uh, second to last weekend of the regular season for the Horizon League, and lots of Green Bay basketball all at home this weekend. Lots of action at the Crest Center. If you're in town, if you're looking to check out some, let's just call it good basketball, um, the Green Bay women start off the weekend with a game Thursday night, so episode release night. Uh, they are hosting the 2-20 and UIC Flames, uh, so you know, take that as you will. Uh, but Green Bay is officially on a nine-win streak as of right now, if my math is correct. Uh, they will play Green or they'll play UIC on Thursday. And then the marquee matchup of the weekend, they host IUPUI on Saturday, and that's a big game for standings purposes. Um, as they kind of do it again, you know, doing the three and five weekend or game weekend. So they'll go UIC IUPUI, then uh, they will travel to Milwaukee on Monday for their second makeup game of that series. But the IUPUI game uh, really crucial to the standings, especially with uh, UIC getting kicked out of the league. Uh, for postseason play, that is because they left the conference on uh, against league rules uh, for having at least Get a year notice. Here. You don't hear about this? Get that. No. So no, UIC. Get the uh, hell out of here. UIC no longer able to be in any Horizon League postseason for the rest of, this, of the academic year, sports year calendar. Uh, due to leaving the Horizon League without a year's notice. So they will be bounced, which does mean that while Green Bay likely not to win the regular season title, they are actually right now in the top four. That top four gets a home game, or gets a first round by, and then a home game prior to the um, conference tournament uh, semifinals in Indianapolis. So get a first round by, and that home game in the quarterfinals before heading to Indianapolis, potentially. So that is where Green Bay is at. They are technically right now in third based on winning percentage. Uh, they are two games back of IUPUI and uh, Youngstown State, which do hold one and two. They're both actually tied for first at 15-3. and three. Uh, So big marquee matchup of two heavy hitters in the Horizon League for the women. Uh, Green Bay on the men's side, uh, they will be playing on Friday and Sunday. Uh, Purdue-Fort Wayne comes to town on Friday night, and then they will be hosting Saturday afternoon Cleveland State, who uh, a lot of people are projecting as the team that will get the automatic bid to the tournament. I believe Cleveland State is leading the Horizon League right now. They're kind of one and two with Oakland. So a lot of good teams coming to town this weekend, and then UIC. So... Uh, by all means, plenty of basketball this weekend in Green Bay. Go Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah, go Phoenix. And with that, I got nothing else to add here, Ramsey, Justin. I got nothing. All right, Justin. I've got one thing 
The Jill Tiger Girls got the four seed. They, they will host on Tuesday night uh, to open up the playoffs next week. Um, go Tigers. All right. Go Tigers. Go Phoenix. Go NASCAR. That is episode 62. Stay tuned to the uh, socials for some extra content that we'll have here throughout the weeks um, when we're not releasing episode. Aside from that, we're out. I'm Eric. That's Justin and Ramsey. We're out. See ya. Bye. Salut.